Outdoor Adventures Podcast. We're going to talk hunting, fishing, and everything outdoors. So pull up a seat and enjoy our campfire stories. Thanks for joining us. Hey guys, what's going on? Thanks for joining me. Happy New Year to you all. I want to give my shout-outs. Winnipeg, Canada. Ernette. Texas, Wadsworth, Ohio, Newark Value, Vermont, Dayton, Ohio, Loveland, Colorado, Minneapolis, Minnesota, Madison, Wisconsin, Gothenburg, Sweden, Perth, Australia, Jakarta, Indonesia, the Philippines, Boreesville, New York, Lynchburg, Tennessee, Lake Havasu City, Arizona, I believe that's Mike Lopez, Germantown, New York, St. Louis, Missouri, Orlando, Florida, Dallas, Texas, New York, New York, Borlong, Sweden, Hope I don't even know if I said that right, McHenry, Illinois, Alfred, New York, Louisville, Kentucky, Addison, New York, Albany, New York, Boise, Idaho, Denver, Colorado, Great Barrington, Mass, Hallingby, Norway, Ida, Warman, Canada, Saskatchewan, Tampa, Florida, Sioux Center, Iowa, Madison, Wisconsin, Rochester, New York, and Salem, North Carolina. Thanks for stopping in. It's much appreciated. Feeling the love, man. Apologies for those who have been waiting for a uh, podcast and just haven't put one out. 2022, definitely a year. Uh, had some highs, had a lot of lows. Um, that's the reason why I haven't put a lot of videos out on my YouTube channel, as well as just getting on here and doing my podcast, man. Just had a lot of stuff going on in my life with work, personal. Uh, but we're moving forward, man. The plans made that couldn't be kept. They're going to be back in the uh, program, and hopefully we'll get stuff done this year. But for the little bit of time I did have, uh, definitely made the best of it. Um, as far as videos, if you're wondering what I might be putting out this year, and I'm hoping to get to, um, want to do a review on the Moultrie cameras. Uh, also, a Cam Park camera they bought, been using on the bow. Actually, my turkey video I utilized on my gun. Caramore carbon trekking poles, bone collector and rangefinder, winter gear from Field and Stream. Though there is rumors that they will be going out of business. Um, kind of sucks, but I will say, you verbally you'll hear it here. The gear is awesome with their winter gear. Uh, couldn't be more happy with it. Been using it for a couple years. <laughs> Been meaning to uh, get out a little bit of a review before that, but it didn't happen. Also, my Cabela's multi-day pack has been awesome. Got a bunch of other stuff. Montana decoy. Got her out there this year. But... Let's get into the deer part of my 2022. 
Well, for the first year in 28 years, I did not get a deer. Bums me out. So that's how my 2022 ended. Um, just wasn't seeing a lot of deer. When I was seeing them, I saw bucks, but small ones, and I've been trying to be disciplined, make my friends proud, make all you uh, let, them, let them go and watch them grow people. As far as the meat eaters, as much as myself, uh, didn't fare well. But then again, I want to get to a place of major common zen for me. So this major place of calm and zen came at the last weekend of muzzleloader here. And uh, so during bow, I missed the biggest buck of my life. Um, situation was, I've been letting this little spike go all year long. He'd been coming in, eating around my blind. Uh, just gave him a pass every time. Like I said, I'm trying to do the right thing. So he comes out right in front of me. And every time he comes out, you know, I'm praying to God he'll get out of there. Because I'm sitting behind a couple of old round bales that the farmer pushed off. It's my uh, childhood hunting spot. So whenever he comes out, I'm always like, just move on, go up into the field behind me and disappear because I don't need deer spooking if I do have a doe or something that I want to shoot coming out. So here comes this little fella, comes out, and probably within 15, 20 minutes of hanging around, he decides I'm going up into the field. So a couple minutes before shooting lights over, I got a hill that faces me, and they come off the hill. So uh, one of those, you know cold evenings leaves are all crispy so even deer as quiet as they can be there's no chance of them coming down the hill without being hurt so here comes a deer down down to the left side I'd say probably about 70 80 yards and out steps into this clearing of the bottom of the field is this beautiful buck I mean just a lot of mass and uh, probably 12-inch G2s. And I'm like, oh, my God. But a lot of times they'll go straight up the field and ignore me. I had a buck do it earlier on in the uh, season. And he really didn't care. You know, I, I grunted at him a couple times. But he knew where the does were. And they're on a mission. So, lo and behold, this buck comes out. And he takes a right turn and starts heading on down towards me. And in my blind... I've got this spot that's probably about 25 yards away, and I'm like, if a deer steps there, this is the ultimate I could ever ask for a broadside, uh, just a chip shot. Deer comes down. Now he's probably about 30 yards. I'm pulled back. Calm, calm, cool, and collected, man. This is what even baffles me about this whole hunt. So right when he hit where his little buck came out he smelled the ground and he got really weird i mean his posture changed he stopped he was facing directly at me and this is probably at like maybe 20 yards um i'm just like oh my god i've got the bow pulled back i'm thinking i can't you know i don't want this to be one of those situations where you're pulled back for so long you start the old arm shake <laughs> but 
he pauses maybe for, I don't know, 10, 15 seconds, and then all of a sudden he he slowly starts walking, and he gets to this spot about 25 yards away. He now ter- totally turned broadside to me. Got the bow already back. I'm like, here we go. I've probably to 50 deer did the old meh just to get him to stop. I've stopped every damn deer that I've shot and killed. Whatever it was when I did that, I was just about, my brain was saying to pull pull, pull the old release, and he dropped down damn near to his belly on the ground and pushed backwards, and all within that time, by the time my brain said to hit the release, he was clear of that arrow by about a foot. Just like I said, drop down, bounce back. It was amazing. And it was like watching slow motion, just watching that arrow go to where I wanted it and how far back that deer within that burnt, <laughs> just that he bounced back. I was just like shocked, um, bummed out. Like I said, I've done it to all my deer that I, you know, I 95% of them. You know, you hear about deer jumping string and this and that. Could that be the equivalent of jumping string? Who knows? Maybe. But um, on the, the bright side, I didn't hit him in the shoulder. Brisket, it was a clean miss, you know, but unfortunately I missed the biggest buck of my life. And the irony is my buddy has seen this deer. He believes it's a five-pointer, but it's got to be 120 class deer because, like I said, the mass, the width on the rack – and the uh, just the G2s, my God, man. And the other couple of points, they were just, they were huge. So uh, so I come out of bow season, baffled that I didn't even have the opportunity to shoot at a doe. Um, gun comes in, and it be- basically becomes a ghost town for me. I had one opportunity at my gun club. Unfortunately, there, I tried a new spot with minimal shooting lanes, and of course, the deer came down where I had no shot. Um, I know some some guys probably might have laid down the old, you know, wackaroo and tried to like <laughs> shoot through brush, but I'm not playing that game. So, passes the. Uh, Gun season? Oh, well, I shouldn't leave this out. Uh, it's really hard where I live up in Greene County to get doe permits. Um, didn't get one this year. It was my first year trying. From what I understand, it takes like every other year, supposedly. Um, so I go to my friends where I was able to hunt after work. It kept me close. Was able to put some time in with the short amount of time I had with work being mandated all the time, and uh, I had does all over me during gun season and no permit for it. Muzzleloader rolls around. It's a ghost town over there. Saw a couple deer at long ranges, um, going up behind homes because now obviously their feeding patterns are changing. I'm sure the times I didn't hunt over here. One thing this year I noticed even during bow season was the amount of people pulling into the field I was on. It was sickening, actually. 
you'd love to know if they even had permission to hunt there. Obviously not, because I never saw any of them hunt. Uh, I was the only person that hunted there both season in. And uh, you just kind of wonder, you know, like, deer do get smart. The deer, you know, depend, especially if they're shady dudes, you know. Maybe they're getting popped at at night, you know, by some outlaws. Around muzzleloader season, I'm I'm just not seeing deer, putting the time in. A buddy of mine at my gun club says, you need to go to this spot. There's tons of deer. Lo and behold, I come out. I find this place. I'd use Onyx to get to it. And it, I felt like I, you know, showed up to the motherland. <laughs> Take a couple pictures of coming out of the woods into this field and of the box, as we call it. And I look up. And here's a doe about 50, 60 yards away. I'm like, oh, my God, here we go. Meet in the freezer. Get my shooting stick out. I was, you know, shooting from a standing position. I let the shot go. And you know how it is with the muzzleloader. you got to wait for that smoke to clear. She doubles back, stops, and just stood there looking, watched the smoke in the wind leave the front of me. So it, it was kind of funny to watch that. That was something else. Because uh, at first, you know, it looked like she was staring at me, obviously, because of the smoke. But as the smoke started to go in the, in the breeze, I watched her literally watching the smoke. I get down on my knee. I put another bullet in. I couldn't, with the, the gun sideways, because I wanted to keep down, I couldn't get the ramrod to uh, to work properly. So I had to stand it up on the butt of the uh, stock. And then by me putting my arm up in the air, there was another couple of deer standing I never saw. And they, wa they saw me, and they bailed out, man. And that was the end of that. <laughs> so... I missed, um, I'm ashamed to say this, but when I put, I'd shot a deer quite a few years ago with the muzzleloader, cleaned it up, put it away. I never shot it. I did, because the last couple few years I haven't, sh I haven't even went out muzzleloader because I had deer in the freezer with bow and shotgun and uh, just never really needed to go out. Kind of burnt out, you know, you just like, yeah, I got deer in the freezer, no sense. Well, now I'm starting to question, is the gun on? Um, oh, let me actually back up. Run a cap through your muzzleloader after the season of cleaning it because uh, somebody taught me that years ago. Had somebody miss a deer because the oil from the barrel, after the pellet sat in it for a bit, they didn't work too good. So sure enough, before I missed that doe, I... Thought about that, had the round in there, and sure enough, when I took the uh, the shot, it was just, you could hear the cap go, and then it was a fizzle, and then boom, it was almost like a flintlock. So I I think I tweaked because it, it wasn't a normal, you know, like, I heard the cap, that kind of like gives you that little bit of a flinch, but the gun wasn't off a lot. It was a little bit high over maybe five inches. So I, I was still like, you know what? At a deer at close range, I'm probably, like I said, I'm embarrassed to even say this, but I 
went up to my gun club, went to this spot, and I missed this deer. Now I'm starting to question. Was it high? Maybe I didn't flinch. End my season. I go to unload the muzzleloader at my buddy's house. First shot, I am way low, like a foot low, a foot right. So now I'm starting to think about the, being off right. Um, but it was so far off, I'm like, no way. I put another round in. Got my breathing really solid and even got to that point where I was telling myself in the head, you shouldn't know when this gun's going to go off. And I just kept slowly, slowly squeezing off. And then, boom! Well, the gun was right on. <laughs> um, yeah. Probably because I didn't run any practice rounds. Uh, I missed, man. I straight up missed the dough. But after I'd miss it, now we're going back to that. A major calm and a zen moment. I was so jacked up, man, about being in... I've talked about this meat panic. I've fed myself off a deer for many years now. Um, it's nice to not have to worry about going to the store, especially as most of you know, like, the price of meat right now is just stupid in the store. Um... But there was something about missing this deer, and I knew it possibly—it was all on me. I knew either because of the fact I didn't sight the gun in, if I—if it was on, I still missed that shot. I, by a freak show, you know, trying to stop a buck, I missed with the the bow and arrow. Um, this amazing calm came over me, man. I wasn't pissed. I wasn't frustrated. I felt so relaxed, and it was crazy because I felt. This whole year, man, I was so stressed out. Like, the health and wellness part of it, man, was not good. I got to be in a better place, man, if I'm not getting meat. <laughs> For damn sure. And then on top of it, the I did go to the box afterwards. I sat for most of the day. Um, but the view from our gun club, as my buddy Ted said, it's a million-dollar view. It overlooks the whole Hudson Valley here in New York, man. It was just unbelievable. From West Point all the way up to the Catskill Mountains where I, li where, I li where I live. So I was just really excited, man. Just so calm, enjoying the view, enjoying my gun club. Something I plan on doing a lot more this year. Uh, one of my goals this year is to build a little hut. And this way I could sleep in it, hunt out of it, hunt out of a tree stand that'll be nearby. Um, just really excited, man. We'll drop back to the beginning of uh, last year. I've talked about it on here before. You know, I try to be uh, inspirational to people, man. Just get out there and do it. I've said it a million times, you know. Um, had a lot of stuff I wanted to do this year. But due to, like, between work, getting mandated a lot, um, I got turned down for a seek a deer hunt from my boss, my sergeant. I asked him, you know, I even cut down the days a couple days, you know, just see if I could he'd give me a couple days to travel down to Maryland and uh, 
when I asked him what's the chance I get a couple days off, he said slim to none. None. <laughs> so right there I knew it. Thankfully I didn't buy my tags. I did have to go cancel last minute on the uh Airbnb, the lady I, I stay with down there, uh, she was very graceful and didn't charge me, which she absolutely could have. So that was awesome. Um, just unfortunately, I couldn't go down there. Uh, started out the striper season, uh, a couple runs. Actually, pretty funny. I'll, I'll tell a story. <laughs> um might even have talked about this last year. Um a lot of guys on the east part of the Hudson River, they'll hunt over the tracks. Um their Amtrak I think it's Metro North as well. But um lady got killed walking her dog. Dog ran out in the tracks. She ran out in front to get the dog and got ran over. Which created a lot of police activity and guys getting tickets, no questions asked from state police. Um, and one of the, the better areas for us to fish the Hudson, uh, Rhinecliffe, bring a lot of big fish out of there. My buddy Ted calls me, he goes, man, I just got, you know, they're, they're really clamping down down here. And I told him, I said, dude, I said, there's a lot of people getting tickets. I know that for a fact. A lot of guys on social media. Um, talked to a couple trooper friends of mine. But he said, I found this good spot up north. And I said, you know what? I said, it just might be a lot of activity down where the lady got killed just to, you know, kind of cool off the area for a bit. Um, he's catching tons of stripers. I have permission off private land on the west side of the river, um, but I just wasn't catching anything, man. Uh, I think I have to be out in a boat. There's a channel that runs 100 yards out, but I just don't think I'm getting my bait out you know, enough. Had a couple runs here and there, um, nothing to really write home about, and I get snagged up a lot. So he invites me over to this place. I look it up on Navionics. This is the funny part. And it has a picture of a fish and a scuba diving thing. And it says, good fishing. <laughs> so I tell him, I go, man, according to my Navionics, where you're at, there's a thing on Navionics that says good fishing. So obviously you're in a great spot. He's pulling a lot of fish and a lot of big fish too. So I decide, you know what? I'm going to head down and, and go meet my boy Teddy. Within, I kid you not, five minutes having my line in the water, I had two <laughs> good runs. Um, one, it took me out, snagged me up. Uh, the other just popped the bait. Um, but around a couple hours later, man, around probably close to 10 o'clock, you hear this the sound of tires on the railroad tracks. Like, you know how the beds are all gravel, so you hear that... Look over my shoulder, and lo and behold, here come the state police. I'm like, oh, my God. <laughs> so Teddy's the first one he walks up to. He says, you know, let me see your license. Um, you guys are trespassing. 
he comes towards me. I had my fishing license. I do everything on the phone now. I take either screenshots of my license or I'll get the DEC app out. Um, and I do it with that. But I had my my badge out and I had it open. I don't like to flash my badge. I don't like to use it as, you know, like something to get out of trouble. But I had my wallet open and uh, my phone on top of the wallet because I was trying to scroll through. I explained to him, I said, hey, just give me a second. And he asked me what the badge was, I told him, and he gave us a pass. But he told us never to come back. He says they're giving tickets out, no questions asked, which I know known. But I did, you know, I did say to him, I said, in fairness to us, they said, where we're at, there's actually a spot where you can, it's still debatable. I really want to look into it this year. Um, A spot where you can actually drive across the tracks, and there's, I believe, a kayak launch for a DEC. But I guess you're maybe, maybe pushing the envelope walking down the tracks or driving down the tracks. So I get that. High water mark might have a different different argument. But you better have a kayak nearby. So that's my funny story. It didn't catch any striper. Yet again, you know I'm scum for my entire life. Probably had a hundred runs in my life, but have never landed a striper. Do everything right the way I'm supposed to. Just not a lucky guy. Went out to Cape Cod during the summer. Or actually, close to fall. Close to fall, man. Right before uh, Labor Day. And had a run. Really there for, you know, to vacation with my wife. So I didn't want to make fishing a big part of it. But there was one night I left early. And lo and behold, slowly I had some slamming night. Everybody catching fish. A guy told me that when he was asking me how the fishing was. He said, yeah, we were killing them down there last night when the fog rolled in. When the fog rolled in, I actually, I told my wife, yeah, we'll get out of here and we'll go out and get something to eat. Did have a hit that night. Um, got it on video. thought that was kind of cool. I hit, you can see the top water. Um, the Mystique of Sharks up there is awesome. We're going again this year and I'm going to try to put a little more time in there fishing. So striper, you know, was pretty much done. I rolled in my turkey season, had a successful, the quickest hunt ever. I forget how long it took, but if you watch my video, man, there's probably more fill in that video than anything else. But within minutes, I had that bird on the ground. <laughs> it was just unbelievable. Um, but we're, we got a lot of stuff planned for this year, man, you know. We got a new guy at work. We actually had a guy quit. That was another thing. Just when I got breathing room where I might be able to take time off, uh, this new kid quit. Got injured in the academy, supposedly. Came back and uh, came up to me one day, handed me his keys and said, I didn't sign up for this. <laughs> so, but, oh, my cousin out in Arizona got a slammer of mule deer. Invited me out there. Um, to Arizona, northern part, also to Mexico for January. He's probably out there as we speak. I want to give him a call. Um, that sounds a little shady. You know, he talks about the border patrol, seeing some shady stuff, the cartels, all that good stuff. That I'm a little apprehensive to go out and do. <laughs> so, that that being said, um, 
Yeah, I don't know about that. But who knows? You know, like I said, I'd like to get out there. I got some. Definitely want to hit Sika Deer again, for sure. Um, ice fishing here soon. I'll probably. I'm gonna try to do the podcast from Tupper Lake, New York. I think it's called the Northern Classic Derby. They say it's the biggest fishing tournament on the ice in New York State. So I'm really stoked. One of my coworkers from up north, beautiful part being about being a state employee, you meet people from all over the state. Um, invited me up to his cabin. Um, we're going to be fishing up there, man. So hopefully I have some good luck. I'll be out in Lake George this year for for sure. You know, it's kind of funny. Last year I didn't go ice fishing because of the gas prices, man. You know, like a friend of mine, Eric, says, you know, he's like, fuck it, man. I don't care if, how much it costs I'm going fishing. And he does really well. I'm hoping to get out there with Eric this year. That'd be really cool, too. I have a lot of respect for him as a fisherman and a hunter. Probably one of these dudes that should be uh, have his own damn show. Um, but who knows? Maybe we'll get a lot done. We'll get on, on film this year, you know, and get some shows out on our YouTube channel. But got a lot of stuff i i want to hit the ground running hopefully don't have all the hiccups that we did last year but you never can guarantee anything so on that note i'm going to call it kind of this is kind of a warm-up for the new year so guys oh hold on one more thing did reach out to michael lopez from tiny boat nation um, I was telling him his podcast that I did with him is the number one podcast as far as analytics go. Um, I told him that. He was psyched. He wants to do another one. So hopefully this year we'll get Michael Lopez back on here and uh, a bunch of other people. I'm trying to get, you know, uh, female hunters on here, but I get it. You know, you reach out to these people, uh, they probably think I'm some creepo and you know, I'm not a famous guy where they're going to be like, it's not like I'm Joe Rogan calling them or, or Stephen Ranella. <laughs> you know, I'm just some dude. They're like, who the hell is this guy? But, hey, man, I got a podcast. <laughs> so, guys, thanks a lot. Really honored to have uh, all these people from all over the globe, too. I mean, just unbelievable where I see my analytics coming from. So, thanks for following me. Check us out on Facebook and Instagram. All right. Peace out. This episode of Appalachian Timber Ghost Outdoor Adventures podcast was brought to you by Wild Kingdom Sun. Check us out on Facebook and Instagram. Thank <laughs> you.